A great day, Which World was Outlander Day. Three weeks ago today. Wow, I know this is just a mere three weeks ago. So much <laughs> has happened. Time. There's time. the vortex of time. Oh, sorry. Just had a moment of Outlander time is all about time travel, and it feels like mm-hmm. when you're in the festival, time makes no sense. No, it does not. It's Definitely both slow and it. fast and upside down, and it all happens at once, it and does. yet stretches out. It does. So much happens. Just like Outlander. You're in so many places at one time. And Outlander did premiere last week, so going into episode two. But when this happened, we just got a sneak peek at season seven. Just a little a little glimpse yeah, into a, it. Just a little peek on World Outlander Day, celebrated in Austin, Texas. It was really fun. Yeah. It was a great thing that we knew uh, we wanted to do as soon as. We were told that that was World Outlander Day. June 1st, FYI. June 1st, yeah. yeah. Which was created by fans, correct? I think so. It has something to do with the first book coming out. I should know better. I am apologizing to every serious Outlander fan out there because I know there are a lot of you. And I apologize for not knowing more of its history because I didn't even know that it was a day until Stars told us it was a day and that it was very important. I don't know either how it was created, but I mm-hmm. do know that it's a big deal and I feel very fortunate that we got to celebrate it. And this panel, another pivot because of the writer's strike, was supposed to be the women of Outlander. Mm-hmm. And we had a number of women that were going to be on it. And with shifts and changes and whatnot, ended up being two very stellar, very cool women, Meryl Davis and Katrina Balf. Did you say her name, Balf? Yeah. <laughs> Great. I finally Bo- learned both. Both. I finally learned Katrina that yeah. that's how they say I it. Just, I just just say Kate. That's because you just feel connected to her. Well, because she Kate. spells it the same way. Kate and Kate. Oh, interesting. <laughs> As me. <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for putting that together. Thank you. <laughs> but they were very cool, and I think it ended up being, of course, the more the merrier, always. But it ended up being a very cool conversation between the two of them and a lot about their friendship and their working relationship, which I know you and I always find deeply fascinating. And even the parts of working together when they disagree and how they (laughs) handle that and what that looks like. It reminded me, I think there's, they allude to being on set and maybe taking some time, the two of them in the corner of the set to have some heated conversations. And I'm like, hmm, that sounds familiar. Sometimes mm-hmm. not you just in front need of, to of the, the take children. A step away. Exactly. <laughs> take a step away and know that it comes from a place of passion and deeply caring about the audience and attendees and your staff and your team and all yep. of that. And I just really appreciated that they talked about the closeness of their friendship and was very cool. Yes. And we were supposed to have Sophie Skelton on the panel, but there was some immigration flight issues. She tried really hard. Like she was going to fly to Dallas and drive. There was a whole bunch of things, but we ended up getting a video message from her. Yes. That will also play during this panel, which also quick turnaround for that. Yeah. Because she's immediate pretty much. I know. I very much appreciate the effort that it was literal time back into the vortex of time would not have landed and been able to drive and make it. It was going to be. Yeah. She would have arrived after exactly. The um, but we broke some news uh, on this panel, which I think is really exciting. 
in the world of TV making and having more female directors out there that Mm -hmm. Katrina directed an episode this season. Yeah, which I'm surprised that hadn't gotten it. I mean, I guess they were waiting to break the news, which I feel very honored to have had on our panel, but I'm surprised it wasn't announced sooner. Yes. Yes. And the fact that they also, I don't know that this was breaking news, but that they had have had six women directing this season, which is also very cool. Out of how many episodes? I have no idea. Okay, great. But it still seems like a lot. It's very cool. They talk a lot about, which I won't go too much into because I will let them talk about it, but just how they're trying to diversify their behind the scenes roles Mm -hmm. and that diversified meaning having obviously people from different backgrounds, different ethnicities, but also a lot more women. And I really like their cons, the concept, which makes a lot of sense of you have to start people from the bottom and raise them up. Mm -hmm. You can't just throw people into positions of power when they're not ready for it, which I think is a little bit of the problem that's happening right now is people are just trying to, people aren't, educating and teaching right and you really have to open that door and they have a lot of good thoughts on it especially when it comes to women and how to do that with women because otherwise we'll just fail and that helps no one yep exactly anyway it ended up being a very cool conversation that i was really excited to host and to listen in on yeah and it is moderated by reshma gopaldas from she media who was a new moderator for us, yes. but not new to the Outlander world, we found out. Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Apparently Outlander very fans well know her very well, which is also very fun. Yes, absolutely. So with that, enjoy our Outlander conversation and then tune into episode two of season seven. I'm going to say it's on Sunday, but guys, we're a little brain dead. So <laughs> I'm going to guess you also know, but it's coming up this week. Enjoy. All right, guys, should we get the two amazing women I know you're here to see? The first one is the quiet legend behind the scenes, one of the reasons this show is even here today, executive producer Meryl Davis. And the other one is also an executive producer, one half of the heart and soul of the show, and to quote Tina Turner, simply the best, Katrina Bell. Oh, Tina. Tina, just had to bring her up. Um, okay, guys, you've been working together now for 10, almost 10 years. Tell us about your friendship, your relationship. What's your favorite thing about working together? Do you like each other? I can't stand Katrina. (laughs) What is your favorite thing about working with me, Meryl? Um, It's so funny. I mean, we were talking about this last night that um, Katrina got cast on my birthday, her cast anniversary. Um, It's the 11th of, is it 11-11? Right now? Yes. Right now, everybody make make a wish. wish. Um, I mean, we've been working together for so long. I mean, some of the things I love about Katrina, one, best laugh in the industry. I mean, just um, just when she laughs, I want to laugh. Um, she's so smart and collaborative and um, just so much fun and so talented. We were just talking last night, and I was just saying that, you know, this is such a tour de force this, this season for her, um, and they all are, but, I mean, it's just she really goes on a journey, but... 
you know, we've been together for so long. Um, I start to get kind of teary about it because we've, we've had our ups and downs and it's been a long season. We're both very passionate about what we do. And um, yeah, we've been through a lot together. Yeah. Katrina, before you answer, you guys will notice there are two amazing women missing from this stage. And I want to tell you, it's like an elaborate example of where female representation is right now, 50% less than it should be. But, um, you know, Tony obviously can't be here because of the writer's strike, so I think we all send her support for that. Yay. Um, and um, we have a little message from Sophie Skelton who'll explain why she's not here. Sophie? Sophie. 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 <laughs> Hi, everybody. I hope that you are having a wonderful time in Austin and a wonderful time with the incredible ladies before you, the women of Outlander. Um, I'm really sorry not to be there today after some flight cancellations and some more flight issues. Um, I couldn't make it, but we did everything we could, and I'm super sorry to be missing it. But you're in wonderful hands. I hope you have a fantastic time championing the women on and off the screen of Outlander, the incredible characters that we have created, and the incredible women that you see before you. Take it away, Resh, and uh, loads of love to all. I hope to see you all soon. Thank you for your support, and enjoy season seven. Bye. Aww. She was really I, sad. I can assure you there are more than two women working on Outlander. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, well, I just, know, yeah. back to your love letter to Meryl here. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, the thing is, I think Meryl and I have become really good friends. And, you know, from the very beginning, Meryl was like my go-to sounding board. You know, I was so green and I was so inexperienced and she was such an ally and such a support in, in like the very beginning. And we used to go running together <laughs> We thought we were running about 5K until someone told us it was about two. Um, <laughs> you know, and I, and I think over the years, Meryl's been very encouraging about me progressing. And, you know, as she said, we're both really passionate and it's so lovely to be able to have somebody where you can go toe to toe. We don't always agree. But at the end of the day, we know that we've got the show's best interest at heart and we also are friends. So you can have those disagreements or you can like you know, fight your corner, but it's like underneath there's a lot of underlying love. And like we've, our lives have completely changed over the time of this. And Meryl's like super smart, amazing at what she does and just a real great person to have on the show and to have on set. And like, we always love it when she's there. So, so how much do you run now? None. None. It's funny. Um, <laughs> it's funny. You know, we've both We've all been together for so long that we've both become moms um, since we started the show. And it's funny because we used to talk about running and working out and where can we get our nails done or have a drink. And now all we talk about is our kids. It's like it's completely changed. But, you know, most of our crew have kids now. I mean, it's... Yeah. But also, I have to say, you know, Meryl obviously had her kids before and she's been such an inspiration in terms of like how somebody is an amazing mom, but also continues to be a badass in business. So I take a lot of, a lot of cues to try and like emulate her. So I, I do want to talk a little bit about when you guys disagree on things. First of all, um, out of the two of you, Team Rolo or Team Adzo? Adzo. Uh, I might be Team Adzo now too, because we've, we've had to change our Rolos. So I mean... Are you uh, sure? I feel like... 
Yeah, I'm both. I love dogs and cats. I, I don't know if I could pick one, so. I thought it would start a disagreement. I was wrong. <laughs> Meryl killed. You know what? Honestly, no. I mean, we're all do dog and cat and animal lovers, but no one loves an animal on the show. I mean, no one. It just causes chaos. Yeah. And like, I don't care how many times people say, no, but they're trained. I'm like, no, they're, they're like, they don't care that we're making a show. <laughs> they're like, screw you. I don't care. You're like, but we've, we're giving you chicken, so I'll take the chicken and I'll do what I want, you know? I mean, the number of outtakes we have of Rolo going the opposite direction we want him to is like a hundred. So I see why Adzo might be the best, because he doesn't move, right? Adzo just kind of hangs out and he's a cat. He doesn't give a shit either, but he doesn't really like, <laughs> he, he, he gives a shit in a very like sedentary way. Okay. So when you guys do disagree, is there an example you can tell us? Because you both seem very passionate. So do you go head to head, like something from season I'm seven? I'm trying to think if there's an example we can talk about. <laughs> or something uh, from the earlier years. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you know, it's funny. Once again, there have been times we've disagreed and gotten very angry at each other. But as Katrina said, I think we have the basis of or work through it to the point when I respect her as a person and and her talent and her thought process and creativity. And I, I hope she does for me as well. And I think we can have those arguments, maybe be angry at each other, but then come back and be like, okay, we love each other enough that we're gonna move past it. Mm -hmm. um, once again, we both are very passionate and sometimes that comes out in different ways. You know. I think a lot of the time, like if it happens on set where we have a disagreement, it's sort of is like we fight our corner and I'd be like, no, but I think this. And Mara will be like, but it's because of this and because of this. And then usually we get to a point where we're like, right, we'll do one of each. Um, which is always a good compromise. I think, you know, when it's script stuff earlier, you know, I think it's just like a, in, a, in a creative process, it's all subjective. So, you know, my feeling about why somebody, like why Claire might do something or what her feelings about something is, you know, feel very personal to me, but somebody else might have another understanding of why that might be. And, what, and Meryl, by the way, is like, and I know you're going to test us later, oh. but she is the like oracle of everything that's going on in the series. You know, she's lived with this series a lot longer than the rest of us. She knows the books in and out. She knows what's happening, you know, forward, whereas we're kind of all like we, we kind of keep in pace with what we're doing on the show. So like she'll be like, but it has to happen because of this or whatever. And, you know, it's I think if we weren't passionate and if we weren't if we didn't feel so strongly, we wouldn't be as good at. Or I don't know, but we wouldn't we wouldn't be good at what we do because you know you I have, to, to, go you with have that. to feel that way. Um, ooh, you're an oracle. The pressure, I know. I'm like, what if I lose? Just setting Is her Katrina up. Katrina just oh, setting you up for a fall. <laughs> <laughs> well, last night I said to her, I was like, oh, I can't lose because you feel like, oh, I, you know, because the actors sometimes aren't in all the scenes, so there might be people that Katrina hasn't worked with, or so it would be understandable if there was something she missed. It, I don't have that excuse, so I'm um, the pressure. Okay, so Katrina, you know, speaking of you have a new role this year, you went from a new actress to producer to now executive producer, um, and you and Sam both are executive producers. What what new responsibilities come with that? Like, do you have to watch yourself in dailies? No, we. I still don't watch dailies. I mean, first of all, I, I just don't think I would have the time. Um, you know, I think a lot of it is just more being involved earlier and earlier in the scripts and storylines and stuff and and... You know, there's been a couple of things, you know, with COVID and with the writer's room and stuff being in the U.S. 
I think a little bit more like if we see certain things happening on set, you know, we're kind of more like, okay, well, I now feel like I'm empowered to kind of say something about this or try and be like, hey, can we look at this or whatever? Um, But it's, you know, a lot of it is also, I find it really interesting seeing how the cake is made and how everybody has their part and everybody has the influence. So it's, you know, about figuring out if I, if I ever can be helpful or just listening and, and figuring out how things are done. And also I will say it's been really nice because some people, when they get that title or, or when they're, you know, um, exposed to more, like, do you want to sit on production meetings or, or whatever? Some people might go, oh, thank you, but not. And, and I know Katrina and Sam both show up for those meetings and are really invested and interested. And, and I love that. There's a passion for uh, filmmaking, not just in front of the camera, but also behind it. You know, and I think it, it makes the whole show better all around for all of us. And now, Katrina, you can get your take and Meryl's take on set. That's the key. Um, it's all part of my plan. So Meryl brought up, you. this was your first year as a working mom. And I know a lot of criticism happens when you ask women, like, how do you balance it all? But it's a legitimate question. You know, being on set for 14, 16 hour days and raising a human are very, um, both very difficult jobs. So how are you guys navigating that this year going into next? Like, what have you learned from, how was the, your first year as a working mom? Uh, um... You, you went first. Do you want to go first? I mean, <laughs> I don't think you ever think you're doing it well. Um, I think um, you just do the best you can. I always think it's hard to answer this question, and we talk about it a lot, because it's you cannot have it all. I think that's the dirty secret. You think you can, but something has to give. It's either giving in your personal life with your kids, or it's giving it your work, and you just have to be okay with whatever you choose. And I try to be there for my kids and they know they're loved and that's the most important thing. But I also, you know, and we've talked about this a lot. We like what we do. You know, we enjoy working. And I think that makes you a better mom if you're doing something you love. I don't always love it. There are days that I don't. But um, but I'm trying to do the best balance I can. And once again, you're just doing the best job you can. Well, I, first of all, very gratefully to the show um, going into this year because my son was so young, I asked if we could go to a four-day week for me. And that was something that they were very, very considerate and they managed to work out and they've scheduled it that way. So I either work Monday to Thursday usually or Tuesday to Friday. And that way I have a nanny four days a week then. So she covers when I'm at work. But my time is like, you know, you realize that, you know, it's hard. I'm usually gone before he wakes up in the morning and We've also, another thing we did this year, which is we do continuous days. So instead of taking an hour for lunch, people just eat on the go. But what it means is we all get home an hour earlier. So that means if the traffic's good, generally I'll get home to see him 15 minutes before he has to go to bed. Doesn't happen all the time, but that makes a huge difference. And, you know, at his age, four days a week to only see him that a day, is it's hard. But... You know, a lot of people, a lot of moms and dads work very long hours and these are the kind of things you struggle with. Um, you know, and I feel very grateful that I'm in a very fortunate position that I was able to do the things that I've done. But, you know, it's like those other three days, which used to be my rest days, my my learning my lines days, my I'll do, you know, a little whatever. Um, those are full on mom days. Yeah, and like they're his you, days now. <laughs> yeah. So, you know... 
I used to ruminate a lot on what I would do in a scene and everything. And now it's like, just learn the goddamn lines and hopefully that you show, you know, show up in the day and you hope that you've thought about it enough. Um, and that's, that's the hard thing, you know, it's like wanting to, wanting to progress in terms of like being a producer and all of those things and being on top of stuff. It's like, you just, you know, you're trying to make sure that you've read an early, you know, a draft, you're trying to make sure that you get notes in before it's too late. You know, but you're also trying to make sure that, you know, and, you know, kids are sick all the bloody time. And there's sometimes you're like, oh, well, I'll do that when he naps and then doesn't nap or, you know, it's so. And your four-day work week is like a regular person's five-day work week. I mean, it's their long. I mean, you're still doing 13, 14-hour days, so. But I'm, you know, it pains to say, and I I think I speak for Katrina, that as difficult it is for us as moms, it's 10,000 times harder for our crew. And so we are in positions where we're very lucky um, you know, so I'm always like looking for ways. I wish this industry would change and make it easier for working parents because we're the lucky ones. And even we struggle to spend the time with our kids that we like, but our crews don't get to do that. Like they don't get the luxury of, you know, choosing their schedule, having um, the, as much time off, you know, as we do. So I do think and we've talked about this a ton, that it would be great if the industry evolves in a way that, because we do 10-hour days in Scotland, even that's long, as Katrina said, like, I'm sure once she goes into makeup, once she gets out of makeup for the makeup team, everyone else, the costume team, but in in the States, it's like 14-hour days, plus then your stuff, so it's... I think the four-day work week is something that really should just catch right. on everywhere. I think it's more productive, healthier for everyone. So, Meryl, one thing is, I think we know behind the scenes, um, it's a very male-driven um, industry, like like a lot. Um, but this year, you guys, this season, you have six women directors for the first six episodes. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. I mean, I'll say Outlander has always been, I mean, we've always had a male showrunner, but we've always been very female-dominated in a lot of ways. Myself, Tony Graffia, our writer, amazing, has been with us since the beginning, one of our OGs. Um, we have a lot of women in the writer's room always. Um, so we're not lacking with women. I still would like to see more women on the crew. I mean, that's one area that I think you really have to choose. Do you want to be a parent or do you want to work on a crew? But we have a lot of women, certainly in our writer's ranks, director ranks, we've tried over the years to get more. So, Yeah, but I think this season is probably the season we've had most women in the crew. Like we have three women you know, and they're they're young, they're starting up, but in the camera department, which is the first, that camera department's, well, no, we used to have one. We had two in the beginning. Yeah, but you're right. It's um, But there's definitely, it's changing, but it, you know, this doesn't happen overnight. And I mean, I know Meryl has been talking about this for a very long time and figuring out how do we, how do we make it a more, more equal, but how do we make it more diverse behind the scenes? And, you know, you have to start at the entry level and you have to kind of, and, and as Meryl says, like a lot of times with the crews, what happens is young women come in, they start off, they start progressing, they start moving up the ladder and then they have to make a choice at a certain point, you know, whether it's in your late twenties or mid twenties, whatever, or your thirties or your forties, do you want to have a family? Do you want to, and then you step off that ladder and it's very hard then to come back in. And especially the hours that crews do it's nearly impossible to be, uh, uh, you know, to, to raise a child 
and work in that you have to make the choice and and unfortunately that's where a lot of women then step out of the the cruise so i think and i think you guys are trying to do a good job you know it's a systemic thing so you have to change it from the top and also get entry level get more women and then when we take over the world we'll have that four-day work week (laughs) so maybe three um so you know like you said, Tony couldn't be here and you have more women writers in the room and you always, I feel like, have had that representation. Um, how do you think the strike is going to impact? I think we all are wondering, and I'm sure you are too, how is it going to impact season eight? Uh, right now we're okay, but um, I mean, and I will just say a huge shout out to our writers. Um, you know, I wholly support them. I miss them. Um, it's been very lonely. We're we're pretty much at the end of season seven and finishing things up. But I'm so used to having Matt, our showrunner, and Tony around in post and everything else, and and certainly miss them. And they're such a huge part of our show. Everything starts with a written word. Um, so huge shout out to them. Um, but it will impact us if it goes for a while. You know, we will have to push probably um, because, you know, we start so early. I mean, we're already, we've been in the room for season eight, been in the room for the prequel. These things take time. So we'll have to make up that time somewhere. So um, right now we're okay, but depending on how long it goes, you know, like most shows. All right, we'll keep our fingers crossed because we've been through enough these last few years, I, I think. Um, so, Katrina, like I said, you um, have gone from producer in season five, then now executive producer. You're getting like a promotion every season. Yeah. Um, as it should be. Um, so, is director going to be on your CV this year and next year? What, what am I allowed to say about this, actually? You can say it. <laughs> I can? Yes, yes. All right, so all of it? A little bit, yeah, a lot. Okay. Um, so tease. Um, <laughs> no, I, I am going to be directing an you episode for next season. Um, very excited, very terrified. Um, and so in prep, I've been doing a little bit of second unit stuff already. So I've done some stuff in the last few months, which has been so fun. Like who have you got to boss or I mean direct? <laughs> like, can I say am I allowed? Yeah. Um well I've I've bossed around no, I've directed uh our lovely Sophie, which was amazing. Actually, that was just incredible. Um and it's just like it's so lovely because when you have a really strong relationship with somebody and then you get to work with them in this other way. And everybody has been so supportive, like all of our crew, Meryl, Matt, everybody, you know, it's just been such a lovely, a lovely place to kind of get to do this. And that's why I wanted to do it here because I knew that, you know, this is like safe space and, and, um, our crew are just amazing. So, uh, Charles and Izzy and Joey and Izzy as well. And I have to say, it's been so much fun. And myself. Yes, exactly. Yes, yes. She was a real piece of work, that one. Good catch. With John. It's been so much fun. I mean, um, it kind of felt like it took me back to our first season. It just was, Katrina was so excited. She's so passionate about it. And we've had so much fun during the second unit stuff. And um, it's just been, um, for me, it's just, lovely she's wanted to do this for a long time and matt and i felt certainly like you know we definitely wanted to give her a a chance and 
we've just been so delighted with how she's taken that and really stepped up and so excited to come to work and do the job and do the work. And it's just been really fun. It's been really fun. So have you directed Sam yet? No. <laughs> In season eight, are you terrified? Full episode, are you allowed to say? Okay. Yeah, it'll be a full episode. Okay, great. Excellent. So yeah, that, that'll be happening. Yeah. So, you know, you and Sam have been on this journey together. Has he ever expressed an interest to you that he wants to, to direct to either of you? I think he definitely would. I think he definitely would like to. Um, I think he hasn't necessarily wanted to on the show just because I think at the moment he has seven million jobs. Yeah, I was going to say, do you so, time? I, I mean, I, I don't like how, when does that boy sleep? I don't, I don't think he does. I, it's just, it boggles the mind. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's funny. Yeah, I think at the moment he has so many amazing other things going on that, you know, I think he would like to do it maybe afterwards. Okay. I will say it is, I mean, there's very particular circumstances with, in which this can be done because they're in everything. And it is very hard to direct an episode of something you're in so much of. It's, it doesn't give you, do you know what I mean? You can't fully relax in the director role because you're also in acting mode and, and doing lines and everything else. So it is hard. And um, this is not an easy show to do that in. So that is, there has always been that difficulty of how to do that. Is it like being a working mom? Do you have Kind of, yes, everything. exactly. But there's also, I mean, the, the only way that this has been possible and the, the only way it will work is that, you know, I'll do my prep before we start. So it's like, it won't be the first ep aired, but it will be the first one that we shoot. So otherwise I would never, you know, we do such a deep prep on this show and having now seen what goes into, you know, doing stuff in second unit, even just for a scene, there's so much prep. There are so many decisions to be made. There are so many different people to talk to. There are so many meetings, um, <laughs> all the meetings. Um, so you have to, so I'll, I'll start prep an awful lot longer than I would have normally as an actor. I'll start like five weeks before or something like that. And, and then we'll shoot that and then it'll just be continuing then as an actor. So, so, um, Meryl, you've watched Sam and Katrina grow on this show. I think, um, what would you say it is that you've seen in their dynamic? Why does it work so well on set? Is there a story you can share? I don't know if there's a story, but, um, you know, I do remember early on, obviously everyone knows we cast Sam first and we had a very hard time finding our Claire. Um, but I remember talking to Ron in our offices in Scotland and saying, if this pairing does, we don't hit this one out of the park, might as well not make the show because it's so important. And, you know, we, when we saw Katrina's tapes, we were like, ding, 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 ding. We've seen so many. I mean, help, please. I'm he's falling over. I hated that line for so long because we'd heard it so much. But I think when we saw them together in Los Angeles, I remember this like it was yesterday, that that chemistry was there and they've always, and they can speak to this more than I can, but that friendship and that chemistry has always been so evident and they just work so well together and you see it on the screen, you see it in real life and that relationship, and we've always hope that they would stay that way and, and that they would continue that friendship and it has and it's grown. And I don't think I have a story about it. It's more that, you know, I have so much respect for the two of them that they have been able to have this friendship. But they're also the only two, there are those of us who have been on the show from the beginning, so we can all share in that experience. But they're the only two that have been in that position. Um, and they've remained really strong. And I think that 
that has helped guide our show in terms of there hasn't been a falling out between them. They've they've maintained they know how important that is. Super annoying. You guys never fight. It's like perfect. Well, I'm sure they fight. <laughs> Weirdly, like we've never had a falling out. We've definitely irked each other. Yeah. Like little kind of like, Meh. but we, you know, I think it was a very conscious decision in the beginning. Like we, you know, I think I've spoken about this before. We were getting our hair ruined for about the fifth time down in London before we started filming. And he and I went for a walk in Hyde Park. And we were just talking and we were like, like it, was, it was literally, we were like, look, don't know what this is going to be, but we're going to be the only two who know what it's going to be like in this. So we have to have each other's backs. And we, and we did, like we made that decision and it's always been that way. And, you know, as the years have gone on, our lives have become very different and, you know, your lives become much more complicated. And, you know, in the beginning, Sam and I were, you know, very similar. We, I don't know, we just were very similar in our personalities anyway. We like to be very prepared and focused, but then we like to have a lot of fun. You know, we like to not take ourselves too seriously, even though we take the work seriously, that kind of way. But like, as our lives have gotten more complicated and busy, we've, we may not see each other as much as we used to, but that core and that like friendship and that base that we have has never changed. You know, how do you guys set the tone on set like, you know, seven years in eight years, I guess, um, you know, for new actors and everything? Well, I think we it's very important for Sam and I that everybody is respectful, especially to our crew, um, to each other. And again, like it's about I think the things that are very important to us is treating people with respect and being friendly and like making sure that everybody has like a fun you know, happy experience. And I think, you know, generally, the, and this is a tribute to Suzanne Smith, our casting director. I mean, I think 99.99% of the time, the people who come on are the most amazing, lovely people who share that ethos. So there's not a huge amount that you have to do. You know what I mean? It's just like, that's the way it is. Um, but, you know, on the odd occasion that somebody's come on that just isn't quite who kind of might come in with an attitude or something, it's very obvious that that's not how the rest of us roll. You know, it's just... Yeah. I was laughing because I was thinking how much Katrina and Sam laugh on set, probably, and, and bringing in the new the newbies. Um, but she's right. It's a very happy set for the most part. And um, we do talk about it being a family. I think that's sometimes overused, but I, I truly do feel that way with our crew and our cast coming in. And I think all the cast usually says, oh my God, so much fun on the show. And, you know, it's it's a good group of people. So you're the first to break usually? Always. Always, okay. <laughs> but it's also like, I, I'm just going to, you know, Sam Hewen knows how to set me off. Yeah. And yet he can keep the straightest face. So he'll do something and then he'll just be like... Hmm. <laughs> and, and I crumble and then he's like, oh my God, this thing. <laughs> so who... When everyone breaks, who reels them back in? Because John Bell said you've reeled him back in once. I do remember that. <laughs> There's, I mean, look, at this is like, I was obviously not not doing what I do. Uh, I was like doing, say, what is it? Do what I say, not what I do. Um, I think one day we were, there was a lot of joking going on. And the, you could tell people were stressed and we weren't making the day. So I kind of was like, I just... He said, he, he said, you looked at him and he got shudders. <laughs> I'm a bit of a mama bear. I was like, you know, 
there's time for time for play and then like, there's time when you can see everybody's got like blood sweats yeah. mom so. can laugh now you can't <laughs> <laughs> yeah mama's mama's finished having fun so everybody <laughs> so you know there's there's a show that was just on where uh, it's about this family of evil people in media. And I think we can all agree that, you know, the female characters for doing the exact same thing that the men, the male characters do got a lot more flack. And so I want to talk a little bit about misogyny in, in television. Why do you think, um, do you find it in your experience, Katrina, and, and in Sophie's, that you get more flack than your male counterparts do? Or your characters? Uh. Wow, that's a, I think there's a very, there's a very different, uh, yes. I'm like, I'm like, Katrina, write a report on misogyny for me in media. <laughs> look, and I, look, I think there is a very different ex- expectation and um, attitude towards men and women and we as women I think are also culpable of that and I think there's very there's a lot of double standards in this industry anyway and I think in some ways we've got double standards in terms of women you know like we've changed some things right so it's not appropriate now for a male journalist to ask a female actress about maybe certain body parts however as I've noticed on the show some female reporters think it's absolutely okay to ask male actors that. And, you know, but I also think in general, it's it's a lot harder. At this point, you know, we hear a lot of things about trying to get female stories out and trying to get things. But as a producer, I'm sure Meryl also experiences this. Sometimes it's really hard to get women's stories out there because when people go to the cinema, and this is what I've realized, women will go to see men stars right? They'll go and they'll, they'll go to see these hot men stars, mm-hmm. but they won't always go to see the women no. if, they're, if there's not, right? And I also think it's a thing where if a couple is going to the theater on a Saturday night, I think the guy will be like, I want to go see that film. And generally, and I do this too, as a woman, you kind of go, oh yeah, fine, I'll see that. But they won't necessarily go see the female-led film. So it's a whole thing of like how we spend our dollars also affects what you get served and how we've also been programmed you know yeah. I mean, it's very un it's very hard to unlearn all the things we were taught from a young completely age. and look at it's not you know i i do the same thing it's like it, it there's a lot of things that we've just you know like gina davis is somebody who's so amazing and she just i mean give a big round of applause to her but she just, you know, her Gina Davis Institute just came out with another report where they tracked like the last 20 years of content and the statistics, I wish I had them in my pocket, um, but the statistics of how many female characters, female speaking characters, uh, even in backgrounds, like in the background of stuff, how many women are represented versus how many men are represented um, in kids TV like how many female characters our children are being served versus male characters and what their agency is and what they get to do. Like this all programs us and informs us into what we expect out of the world. And it's a very hard thing to change. But I think first of all is like that awareness. It's like, okay, well, am I supporting the women who have made this this film? Or am I supporting you know, whatever I see. And it just, yeah, we, we have to sometimes 
be activists with our with our coin, you know? And it's also interesting that you said um, some reporters will ask Sam questions. Like, oh my can you imagine God. if I was like, Katrina, what's under your kilt? <laughs> no, I, I have sat on a, I have sat on a, on a sofa with him. We were on a morning show and there were two female reporters and they were like, so what about those assets of yours? And I was just like, oh my God, like if I had been asked that by a male reporter, you there would have been, but it. not only would I have been shocked, but there would have been a shit show in the press about it. They would have been like, how dare the, he ask her about her boobs or whatever, you know? Yeah. But, but this is the thing, like we have to also understand, like if we don't want that stuff for us, then we shouldn't be those people. Yeah. So... And I think you guys are putting out like such a, don't worry, we're not in trouble. I think you did a great job. <laughs> Should I don't we, know, Rashma, you we, asked that question. We, you really I, unleashed I, it I was there. like, I'm going to give her a hard one. Let's do something fun, all right? So Outlander is ultimately a show about love, and we all love love. Um, love, love. What is your favorite Jamie and Claire love moment in the show, Meryl? You've, you've followed it all along. That is you don't, Do you want the misogyny pressure. question? I mean, it's seven seasons. Um, ooh. I, you know, I, I'm not sure I can give you, I mean, mom brain, I, I don't know if I could give you an, a specific example, but I love the moments that it's just, and these are, and I know sometimes fans get upset that we don't include all the moments they want to see, but for instance, I love the moments where Jamie and Claire are just having a quiet moment, they're laughing, or they're sharing something in bed, but it's not necessarily plot-driven, but... Unfortunately, we live in a world where sometimes those do get cut, not because we want to cut them, because we all appreciate them and we love them, but in a show sometimes where you're, and we have standards we have to follow, like we have to bring in the show at a specific time limit because of various reasons above our pay grade. Um, and sometimes when you're going through a show and you're like, what has to get cut? And that's the only thing, it's painful. But I do love the quiet Jamie and Claire moments when they're laughing or they're, um, you know, uh, I think we're going to actually see a scene today that I really love. Um, and it is from the book, and it's one of my kind of favorite little moments. But I just love those quiet scenes. It doesn't have to be a big one. It's just where you know they're a partnership. Mm -hmm. I love the partnership. I think that's something we all kind of want in relationships where we're equals and we we're seen as that. And um, that's what I love. Katrina, you get to give Jamie and Claire some romantic relationship advice. What would it be? <laughs> Jesus, the codependency. Um, <laughs> no, we, we do have a running joke where they're like, I'm just off to the bathroom. Wait, Sassanak, I love you so much. <laughs> Will you ever come back? Yes, I'm just going for a pee. Um, <laughs> it was a shockingly bad Scottish accent. Um, what's some advice? Maybe they just need to take a couple of breaths before they get angry. You know, they need to learn the, sorry, they need to learn the like, you know, the toddler thing when you see like someone's melting down or you're getting too Count frustrated. To <laughs> Count to 10, step out of the room and then come back again. I think that's what they need. I mean, they, they did have 20 years apart. So I, I like, you know, I get the codependent, not the bathroom thing, but. Um, so Meryl, you said it like, you know, people, there's always a scene from the books that you're like, oh, I wish this had made it in. Katrina, for you, what was that, that scene? Oh, God. Um, or one of them. Blah, 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 blah. Way back, I think season two, 
Yeah. And I think I tried to pitch it to you guys. and You guys were like, yeah, yeah, no, it's great. But no, <laughs> no, but I think it was definitely one of those. We don't have time. But I think there was there was stuff with and it's funny because I, I didn't know quite this at the time. But there was stuff with when Claire was studying or when she and I think she was already a doctor at the point in Boston. And there was there's a scene in the book where I think Brie gets hurt or something. And she it was just it, to me, it was like a great scene about how the struggle of a working mom. And um, yeah, she doesn't get back in time. She, she doesn't get back in time. Yeah. I think that was one that I was like, why? We should do that. Come on. Great scenes. There's so many great scenes in the book. Have you seen them? They're like this big. There's so many great scenes and we love them all. It's Meryl, what is one scene for you that didn't get in and who's responsible? If it's, <laughs> if it's you, it's it's fine. They're really long books. Yeah, exactly. I should have prepared more instead of drinking margaritas last night. Um, by the way, we had two. And we are That's such like A lot for these me days. these days. <laughs> Um, I'm trying to think, I mean, um, uh, come back to me on that one. I don't know if I have one off the top of my head. I mean, we've done most of the things. Once again, it's usually small scenes that maybe don't have anything to do with the plot, but I just, they're lovely little moments. So come back to me. All right, guys, you ready to watch some clips? A little gift? Um, okay. The first one Sophie is going to introduce for us. It's like she's here. Yes. So, Meryl, I, I won't. I don't, I don't want to give away too many spoilers, but can you tell us a little? I see Brianna's pregnant in that. Um, uh huh. <laughs> right. Yes, but I mean, you could barely tell. I mean, she, I mean, she tell? touches her. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I, yeah. Sorry, I'm sorry. If Brianna's not pregnant, I apologize. <laughs> um, in the trailer, she is. No, no, she is. She I'm is. just saying, you. It's very hard to tell there. I think um, it's early on. I, I think they know. Everyone, everyone knows. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't a spoiler. I was just commenting on Yeah, this. I was like, oh, no, I'm in trouble with Meryl. You're not in trouble. <laughs> um, so is there anything you can tell us, like, you know, about the birth scene that, you know, may not have been? Because in the past, I know that Jamie and Claire were supposed to be there in the books, and it turned out differently. This year, are Jamie and Claire around when she's... Well, I will say, and I know Tony, um, <laughs> you know... Once again, we, I know some people were upset that in the um, Jemmy birth scene that uh, Jamie and Claire weren't there, particularly Jamie. Um, and there are reasons we had to do that. And sometimes, once again, it's like if you pull one domino out, the whole house falls apart. So we did in this scene um, coming up, I can't reveal that the whole family is there. So um, we did want to make sure that everyone was represented um, because I think it's, it's, we're not deaf. Do you know what I mean? We, we can't, unfortunately, the show is made before any reaction is, but we always, we are big fans of the books. We do want to please everyone and ourselves. So, um, it was a lovely scene. It was a long day. Um, oh my God. Per so, that was a lot birthing. of birthing scenes are always really awkward. And I don't mean to pick sides, but if I'm giving birth, I don't want Jamie. I want Claire. <laughs> oh, Claire's there. Don't try. Don't get me wrong. I mean, the doctor is there, so yeah, that's the most I want important. The doctor. Um, okay, ready for this next clip? I'm not going to even introduce it. You might know them. Oh yes, this is the the scene I was talking about. All right. <laughs> <laughs> 
Library learns the truth about Frank and Jamie. Oh, wait, 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 this is, this is not, you guys, just ignore it. Pretend you didn't see Sophie. That's for later. Yeah, yeah. It's just Sophie yammering on. <laughs> so let's talk about that clip. Spoiling something. Um, okay, so Katrina, last year you told me that Diana has shared the ending with Sam and not you, but you're fine with the mystery. Fine with it. Um, has Sam ever slipped up? And no, he smugly holds that over me all the time. <laughs> like if I, to be honest, I actually like not knowing. But sometimes you're like, what does happen? And he'll be like, mm, I'm not telling you. Because that's a, a big secret to keep for ten years. Meryl, how many drinks will it take for you to slip up? <laughs> I, I won't slip up, but I'll be honest. I have read the last like two or three pages of supposedly what is the end that I'm sure Sam has read, and I'm still confused. I, I, uh, I, I have, so I, I actually meet, I keep meaning to ask Sam about it because he's like, oh, I know the ending, but I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? Like, <laughs> I, I, I'm not sure I get it. So um, I, I have. So does everyone but Katrina know? No, it's yeah, I'm only, like beginning to wonder. Only Sam and me. I think me and Sam are the only people who have read this. Wait, does Matt not even? No, he doesn't, kind of like you, he doesn't want to. No. Oh. So. Interesting. Um, Interesting. So, you know, one thing I loved about this scene is I think it shows like the evolution of Jamie and Claire and their intimacy and how that changes in a marriage. You know, the show started with this love story. And so the love scenes were obviously different back then. So Katrina, can you talk a little bit about how the intimacy, you know, you guys, obviously it's one of the signature things about this show. You bring like heat and passion every season. What are we looking at in season seven for Jamie and Claire's relationship? How has it evolved and how is it different? Well, I think as a couple, they're actually in a very good place. Um, you know, I think what we saw last season was sort of a, Claire coming apart, right? And and part of that was that she wasn't very good at sharing things and asking for help. And she kept sort of her problems or her, her emotional problems from Jamie. She wasn't good at sharing. And I think that once we've seen this sort of, the, the follow-on from that, they're in a really good place. You know, they talk to each other a lot more. Like, I think there's a, I think the partnership is really strong in this season. I think there's a lot of things that happen. <laughs> a lot of, there's a lot of bad things that happen. There's some great things that happen. Um, but through it all, they're really strong. You know, they will always have a row here or there. <laughs> um, but there's, I think it's really nice. I think you, you know, I think Jamie is a character is incredibly wisened this season too. You know, he has a lot on his shoulders, but there's there's just a maturity to both of them, I think, which is really quite beautiful. Um, and to see how they support each other. You know, but that passion never goes away. It just, and that's the thing. It's like, you know, I, I think when we talk about the difference and what happens through marriage and it's not that it goes away, but things do change and things evolve and you want things to evolve. You know, it would be, it would be really stunted, I think, if they stayed in one place and, and we just kept repeating something, you know, and I, and I think that that's what's really nice. And Sam and I talk about it a lot as we talk to the writers about it a lot of like, okay, well, what, what are we trying to sort of show at this point? And then we've also started working with the most incredible intimacy coordinator, and it's amazing because I think 
I probably was one of the people who was like, oh, I don't think we need that. Like we've been doing this shit, you know, ourselves and like we've been figuring it out for a while. But actually it's really, I think it's been so beneficial and it's and it's helped us. And there's other scenes with other characters, some that I've been involved in and I know for some of our younger actors too, but it helps you create the storytelling in a very... Um, I don't know, in, in a way where everybody's on board, everybody knows exactly what's happening. We're all on the same page, just like you would do with a fight coordination or whatever. And it's just, it's really helped. And, and Vanessa is just such an, a, an amazing, like, addition to our family as well. Like, she's just been really great. And it must be hard to have new and, and innovative ways to do love scenes. Do you... I mean... I mean, seven years? At a like... certain point, you're like, well, we've done that, we've done that, we've done that, we've done that. Mm. <laughs> Um, do you ever read the books like now and, and go, oh, my God, I have to do that or I don't want to do that? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make an admission. This is the first season. I haven't read the book. So it's all a surprise. I just don't have the time. <laughs> it's the first time. I've always done it, but it's the first time. So I feel like there's a Cliff Notes version. But also, I think... And what I found this season is like, well, also this season has been seven plus some of eight. And, you know, it's, I've read parts of it. Like I've gone and been like, okay, this is the section we're doing. And I've gone and I've read that section, especially if I'm like, right, I don't really understand what's happening. And I need to kind of like get in Diana's head where she's at with it. Um, But it's just, yeah, they're that thick. I have yeah. not. I've but in the past, have you ever read? Always. Something? Okay. No, in the past, I've always read the books, and there's been many times I'm like, "What the? <laughs> what?" Um, but most of the time, I'm also like, I mean, there's half the time you're just so excited about all of the stuff that's happening, and then sometimes you're like, "This is crazy, Diana. What are you doing?" <laughs> um, but yeah. So uh, you know the blooper reel. I feel like. You make that a lot. And it's very hard to remember these things. But is there anything we should look out for this year on the blooper reel that you may have done or Meryl has it's seen? It's a really long blooper reel. Actually, it's funny. I'm looking at that in post right now, and it's really long, um, which is good. Um, but, I mean, half of it is Katrina cracking up, which always makes me laugh. And when she was talking about Sam and his ability to kind of keep a straight face, like... There is a scene with them in the tent, and you just cannot get it together. And he is just like... Stone face. Yeah. And I'm always so impressed because I get the giggles really badly. In fact, we were talking about this last night that uh, oh my Katrina God. was directing something for second unit with Sophie. And <laughs> Sophie had some sound like stomach thing coming up. And I started Her to get stomach the was grumbling, but like so loud. <laughs> and I got the giggles now sitting right next to Katrina. And I was silently shaking because I'm like the Not worst so person. Silent. You don't want me in Temple or anywhere you shouldn't be laughing. <laughs> And I'm like giggling. I just let's see Katrina go. <laughs> well, the thing is, like, Meryl couldn't stop. Like, she couldn't stop. And Sophie's stomach couldn't stop. So every time Meryl would almost like get it together, Sophie's stomach would go. <laughs> and the thing is, like, because the set is so silent. And also she's mic'd and your mic is right here. And so we're listening on the cans. So it sounds so loud. <laughs> And she just was like, this is all I can see out of the corner of my eye. And, um, and like, you know, one thing that I've learned as a director is that time goes so fast. 
just, you start off the day and as an actor, your day, you're like, oh my God, this day is just dragging. And as a director, you're like, holy shit, where did the six hours go? Right, we've got like seven more shots and, and we've got two and a half hours, I'm so screwed. Um, so, I, you know, it was like one of those things of like, we just got to get this taken. Well, something will be in there, you know. <laughs> and Mara's like, <laughs> she, had, she had director face off. Although in, to my credit, I think our DP was also giggling. So I'm just <laughs> Okay, before we play, we have a little game for you guys where these two are going to face off against each other. Um, but, you know, recently Sam said the last day on set for season seven, everyone got a little emotional. Um, can you tell us about that last day? I actually remember your... You I got to... Um, uh, I remember it because um, the director said, why don't... I'm going to call for another take, and Meryl, why don't you just run in and go, just kidding, that's a wrap on Sam and Katrina, which I did. Not very well, but... Um, I don't know if I felt as emotional there. I do feel an emotion knowing next season's our last, that the more I start to talk about, I get very emotional. Cause, and I'm not quite ready to face it yet because I think that'll be very hard. We've been together for 10 years. Um, this has been such a... It's been life-changing for so many of us. Um, I might start to get emotional now. It's just... It's very difficult to think. And also our crew, who you think, oh, these are some people you might not see anymore because I live in America, they live in Scotland. Um, it's just been a really fantastic experience. I mean, it's just... Well, except you'll, you'll see the crew because you'll be doing the prequel. Well, that's true. But, <laughs> but I'm just... Uh, but you know, different it's people, Sam, but... You're going to miss. No. Well, of course. No, I, and she just... But it, it is true. Like, it has been... You know, and I think I can speak for Matt and Tony and Ron and all of those who have been on that long. It's been a real joy to work with Sam and Katrina and, and, it, and to be on this journey with them. And um, it's just been so special. And I think from the beginning, we knew it was going to be special, but I don't think we imagined we'd go this long. And it's rare in this business. And I think we've all been lucky to do it together. Now oh. oh, I'm getting emotional. I mean, watch us when season eight comes out. That's going to be. I like know. All right, let's play the game, and we don't want everyone bursting into tears up here. Um, okay, so this game—it's Outlander trivia, and Sophie's going to kick us off with one question. Here's here's the, the rules: Katrina and Meryl are against each other, but they can ask you guys for help twice. Oh. You lose a point when you do that, though. Okay. Do we just yell it out or answer? So you need a, you need a buzzer sound. Oh. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. There it is, okay. Meryl. I'm going to keep it right here. No, I don't know. I, I'm gonna have to, mine's going to be spur of the moment. Um, and then I think we can have Sophie do the first one. And then the winner gets to challenge the loser to anything. <gasps> Ooh. Oh, dear. I've could be on social it. media. It could be over margaritas. I don't know. Um, all right, guys. Let's play the Sophie clips. Sophie's going to ask us the first one. It's multiple choice. When Brianna and Claire fight, when Brie learns the truth about Frank and Jamie, what does Brianna call Claire? A bad doctor, a woman of the night, a bad liar, a bored housewife. Oh, um, someone said, oh, come on. Um, <laughs> I couldn't hear the first one, but I'm, I, I can I, read it. I can read it. Um, please hold, please hold. This is my hold me. A, a woman of the night, a bad doctor, a liar, or a bored housewife. I think it's bored housewife. Oh, sorry. Uh, did you beep? Did you beep? Yeah, you didn't beep. You didn't follow the directions. I think it was a bad housewife. No. Bored. Bored housewife. Do we give it to her? <laughs> Do we give it to her? Yes. All right. Katrina has one point. 
boop, boop, doo. Are you ready? Let's go to the next. I just want noted though that I did know the answer, and I just yeah. Okay, get ready to okay. do your me thing. Um, when Jamie sees Claire's red dress in season two, he claims he can see. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All the way down to her navel. Oh, it's a trick here. Ready? Oh, shit. No, 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 you're good, you're good. She's already done it. She's done it. She got it. She got like half a point. I was going to say her third rib, her feet, her bra, or London. I don't know why. Say those again? Her third rib, her feet, her bra, or London. Beep. I think it's her third rib. Correct. Really? Yeah, he says the navel thing first or second and then the third rib. Uh-huh. No, actually, I don't remember. Did we that film time. that? Or is that from the book? I don't know. We can rewatch it after this. All right, I'll give her the I'll give you the point. Wait, what? <laughs> no. No, no, no. And no, you. No. And you. Yeah. Like you didn't get it. Yes, I did. Did I not get it? You got, you got it. Oh. Give her the point. She's like turning on me now. Um, Okay, when Dougal accuses Jamie and Claire of betraying Scotland and he and Jamie get into a fight, how does Claire help Jamie? Don't buzz yet. Oh. Oh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she throws herself in front of Dougal's sword. She yells for help. She breaks a chair over Dougal's head. She push, pushes down on Jamie's shoulder to push the knife in. Oh. Um, she pushes down on Jamie's shoulder and puts the knife in. Yes. Are you keeping score? What do you guys have? I've got two. One. <laughs> oh. Okay, who does Claire talk to to convince Father Fogden she is healthy enough to leave and go find Jamie? A goat. Eh. Yes. Coco. Yes. She gets it. Uh, but oh, I didn't even get it. She's, She's not following the rules. I know. I Why? What? I, if you know? No, but I gave it Jeopardy? to her. Do you have to wait to the end of the question? You do I not. So. I, this is my game, and I just changed the rules. <laughs> Okay, Claire's two wedding rings that Jamie gives her are made from what two items? Um, the key to Lollybrock. Mm-hmm. Um, and also the, um, I think something from the hilt of his sword. Buzz in, buzz in, Katrina, this is your moment. Should I multiple choice? <laughs> oh, multiple choice, one. Yeah, his, <laughs> his kilt and Jamie's clan crest, key to Lollybrook and his mother's candlestick. Oh, and it, bzz, his mother's candlestick. Wasn't it? Yeah, it's the bottom of the... Katrina got that one. She Right? You got that one because you buzzed. Yeah. Yeah, I saw it. (laughs) I gave her the first answer. Okay. By the way, these are the most random questions that I I told you. You told me no geography. Do you want Fort Tech? No, 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 no. All right. Roger and Brianna get into an argument in season five, and Roger eventually gets advice from his mother-in-law. But before that, what does he almost accidentally do to Claire? He gives her a long speech that puts her to sleep. He steals her horse. He shoots her. He almost shoots her like a tiny rabbit. Almost shoots her like a tiny rabbit. Yes, correct. This is a great trivia game, whatever. Uh, <laughs> I'm kind of hating this. After Jamie and Claire reunite in season three, Jamie runs an errand and some terrible man breaks into his room and attacks Claire. When this guy falls, Claire tries to save his life. <clears throat> oh. Yeah. Bye. Bye. What does she use? I mean, no, she uses a, a thing of like, a, I don't know what. <clears throat> yeah. Drill in his head. Yes. That's, I, that's what I'm saying, right? Words, Marl. Use your words. This isn't charades. <laughs> Who should I give it to? I think Katrina, right? Unbelievable. Uh, oh my God. I'm going to be in so much trouble after this. Um, 
I'm just going to pick one last one because I want to fit some questions I think in. I've already lost. No, no, no. You could come back. No, um, she could. When Claire learns Jamie married Leary while she was gone and Leary sees Claire for the first time, what does she call her and what does Jenny throw on Jamie and Claire? It's a double one. Do you want the multiple choice options? Yeah, because I can't remember exactly. A I know whore, what she throws. And she throws whiskey. <laughs> so a whore and water. No, okay, oh, no. I said whiskey. I said whiskey. <laughs> You don't, and now I get the chance to answer okay, after on. listening to the thing. I still have five. It's okay, foreign whiskey, Sassanac, witch, and water, witch, and St. John's wort. Sassanac, witch, and water. Correct. Katrina, nice try. I feel like I should get five points It was for that. water. Somebody calls Claire a whore. I was whore. 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 Yeah, uh, Marsley. Yeah. Marsley. Uh, like, I don't know. Like mother, like daughter. Um, <laughs> okay, I, I think that's, I feel like I lost, but I will say in my defense, this and buzzing too early, I feel like this is rigged. What am I going to get Meryl to do? Yeah. So we can we can decide that later so we can. Okay. You, I want you to put some thought into it. Okay. It'll be yeah. fun. Um, rigged. Sorry, Meryl. Rigged. Meryl and I just became friends and it's over already. Um, okay, guys. Great questions on Twitter. There were like a thousand. Um, so I'm going to try and get to as many as I can. Um, so Displaced in Time would like to know, Katrina, you posted or you alluded to a horse pooping on you. <gasps> can you tell that story, That's actually please? That was a funny thing that happened. See, we oh. never remember the funny things that happened. Um, so <laughs> Sam and I were doing a scene in the courtyard of Lallybrock, which we've been in many times. Sleepy, our horse, who's been on the show since the very beginning, even though he's managed to travel many years, many countries and all that. But Sleep, Sleepy's beautiful, Frisian. Um, he wasn't feeling very well. And we had our backs to Sleepy. We had our backs to his back. And um, Lollybrock Courtyard has cobblestones, which things splash on. And um, poor Sleepy had incredibly runny diarrhea and it splashed all up the back of my costume and some of it up the back of Sam's costume and it was really revolting but also very very funny and that was your birthday or around your birthday I think that's what oh maybe it was I, yeah. I don't remember that part what a great gift I do remember birthday. it was it was my, my new makeup artist started on that day and she wasn't really supposed to start that day. She's like, this is a shitty job. She was like, this is <laughs> literally. So shout out to Sophia Knight. Um, also the costume department. And the costume oh. department had to, there was, there was frantic phone calls about where the doubles of all the costumes were and like drivers screeching off. And it's very funny. Okay, so uh, Tiny Sunny would like to know, uh, Katrina, you once did a, a World Child Cancer and Outlander collaboration in the earlier years before the series comes to a close. Will we see something like that again? Yeah, I would love to. I've just, um, I did a thing with them oh, look, recently. There's a, there's a shirt. Yay. Yeah. Do you know, oh, hello. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, I think I was talking to Liz, one of the girls at World Child Cancer, about that. Do you know, it's it's hard to find, and I'm open to suggestions, like a good company that can partner with you who doesn't take huge amounts of the profits to facilitate all of the stuff. Um, but I would love to, if you guys would like it. All right, guys. 
Send in ideas. Um, LMB would like to say, ask, if you could go back to your past self in season one, your younger self, starting out on this Outlander journey, what's one piece of advice you'd give her? I'm going to let Meryl answer that first. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, you know, I think um, me 10 years ago as a female producer thought I had to come out swinging a little bit, um, thought I had to have the, a bigger voice to be heard um, as a woman. And I think I've realized over the years and I've learned the hard way that you don't have to do that. Do you know what I mean? You... Um, you don't have to come out swinging and, and, and come out like that. You can, there are other ways to get the way you want. And it's taken me a long time to learn that. So I think I would advise that to my past self. Um, I mean, I think there's a, there's a lot of things, it's sort of in a similar way to Meryl. I think, you know, when you're in the job, a lot of the time, especially in the beginning, I, I just, I felt like I was surviving. You know what I mean? I was just like, I don't really know what I'm doing. I just need to get through the days and like make sure I'm trying to do the job that I've been given. But I think as you go on, you kind of wish you'd sort of realize a little bit more about how you could advocate for just a, a lot of things like we've discovered over the time, like you will still get the show made, but maybe you can get it made in a, in a way that's like healthier and like better for everybody. And sometimes, you know, if you're the person at the top of the call sheet, you have more power to advocate for other people. And that's something I've learned as the time has gone on. And and I think, you know, we've realized that these, you know, like continuous days and things like that, it's, it's better for our crew. It's better for everybody. And, you know, I think season one, we, it was like really tough on everybody. And I think, yeah. you know, it would have been nice to sort of know that this existed then. Yeah. You know. So uh, Diane would like to know, what is your peach and pit for both of you for season seven? And Katrina actually brought that up when we first talked last season and then you and Sam tried to talk about peach and pit and it went really downhill. <laughs> I think I think Sam thinks it's peach and apple to this day. So peach and pit is your high and your low of season seven. Uh, my peach is, you know, season six was really tough across the board. covid Obviously, Katrina was pregnant. There were so many variables of season six. We had to stop early, and and we were, didn't have as much of a presence there. We always have a presence, but the writers and producers, it's like we could only send one person. And um, season seven has been a revelation. It's We were so excited to be on set. The atmosphere is great, and it's always great on set, but it's just we were so excited. And, and as a whole, it was a long season, but it didn't feel that long. You know, we, we filmed for a year, but it felt quicker and um it was so exciting and that that's my peach my pit is i mean the weather is always my pit i, I just feel like it's, it's actually not that bad this year but it wasn't still i mean it wasn't also it's fucking cold there i mean always and i and people are so tired of me talking about it but it is and you're constantly thinking you're uh, you're sending your crew out in the rain and the cold and um so that's my my pit always trying to think I think my peach and pit are going to be, and I was going to be a bit vague because it's stuff I can't really, really talk about. But there is, I think it's ep 11, but there's a scene, there's a sequence of scenes that were really, really challenging. And I think my pit was trying to figure out how we were going to do it. Mm -hmm. And it was really tough. And it was also a tough time personally because it was not that long after my dad had passed. And it was like a, a very hard 
thing to sort of get myself into the headspace for. Um, and there was a, you know, it was a big struggle about how we were going to do it. There was lots of notes going back and forth. And, and then I think my peach was that, and this is big thing to the writers and to Vanessa and stuff, but we figured out a way to do it. And I think there's always that thing of like when, when you find something that's really, really hard and tough and you're sort like, I think that's the first time in my life with work and especially on the show that I was like, I actually don't know how I'm going to do this. Um, and it was very, yeah, it's very hard to sometimes figure that stuff out. But once you do, I think that always feels like a really good thing. Oh, that's great. Peach is everyone on this show. Um, okay, last question here. Uh, Chris, O.L. and more would like to know, we see Claire pick up a sword. What was it like uh, picking up a sword? And did you accidentally hit Sam with your sword as he's known to do to you? No, I, I accidentally hit um, her cameraman, <laughs> Ed, who was very nervous anyway. And I didn't help the situation. Um, it's a big sword. It was a big sword. Um, that was so much fun. There's a there's an amazing our our and I'm, I'm so sorry I'm spacing on his name right now. We're on set photographer. Um, oh Jason. No, it's not Jason. Oh, and I'm so sorry. You're blanking. Mom well. brain. Mom brains. Um, he has he got this incredible photo where it's just like the sun hit the sword and like it's a really fun photo that somebody has. Um, that's a great scene actually. That's a really fun scene. It's a really great sequence. Uh, and it felt badass. So you have now started almost hurting people on set. Do you, you get hurt every season, I feel like. Did anything happen this season to you or are you in the clear? I mean, there's been a history of injuries. I mean, yeah. I mean, like, my... I feel like you pull something every time you do a dance move, but that doesn't count, right? I mean, I... Did just... you just say a dance move? Does Claire do <laughs> I mean, I'm telling you, corsets and heavy costumes, my back is so done. Um, it's like just messed up for life. But no, I, this season, do you know what? And I'm never sick. And I got COVID this season, which was like a pain in the ass because it was right when I was supposed to go on holidays. But I had three days left to film. And then I had to push it, push the holiday, everything. Um <laughs> I, think, I don't think I injured myself. But Meryl, I think... you have to tell us more about pulling No, no, she yeah. didn't. I was just kidding. But uh, we do have a dance scene in the show this season. And I'm <laughs> always so impressed because I'm like, I don't know how you learn the dance moves and the, the dialogue at the same time. That is literally like this, you know. I thought that, honestly, um, myself and Ben, uh, neither of us are natural dancers, I would say. Um, and there's a couple of rehearsals and I just also I'm like I'm like when did Claire learn this dance like this is what I'm always like when did she go oh yes you know here I am in Fraser's Ridge but I hear there's a popular dance at the moment that I'm gonna spend the next 25 minutes learning this TikTok dance that everybody's gonna know you know what I mean like it's like when did they all learn the steps that they all know. It's always something that I'm like, young, how does she know this? Young Ian is do, doing the TikTok. <laughs> is young Ian being like, hey, word from Wilmington is we've got this really cool new dance. <laughs> Everybody out on the front lawn, I'm going to show you all the steps. Well, it's, it's like, so funny. Late last night on Twitter, someone said, uh, Katrina and Sam, will you ever do a TikTok dance challenge? Oh, with John Bell. I feel like he does a lot of those TikTok challenges. I feel like he's, I feel like he's gotten me. Did I not? He got you, but it was... 
like a dance challenge. I, I just like, no. It'll never happen. Meryl, if you had won the trivia game, which you didn't, uh, you could have challenged her to that. Maybe I'll get Meryl to do okay, it. Okay, there's be amazing. no way I'm challenging Katrina to dance off. I mean, that, if that tells you <laughs> anything, I'm not a natural dancer. I should have been, but I'm not. Um, okay, one last question from the audience here. Um, Katrina, what scene was the most difficult emotionally for you to film? I think you kind of just answered that. Yeah. Um, so, great question. All right. Um, she's that good. I preempted that because, you know, um, I'm a time traveler. Okay, guys. Unfortunately, we are out of time, and it went so fast. But I, I have to say, you know, thanks to these two women on stage and all the, the boys that aren't here and all the cast and the crew... Outlander, you are in for such a treat in season seven. Each episode feels like a feature film. Um, they've done such a great job. And for those of you who are getting sadder that you're getting closer to then, I think the community you guys have created uh, shows us that art is forever. This brilliant show will never really be over. Give it up for Katrina and Meryl. Thank you so much to everybody for coming out, really. You have been listening to the TV Campfire Podcast, hosted by ATX TV co-founders Emily Gibson and Caitlin McFarland, and produced by Jennifer Morgan. This conversation was recorded live at ATX TV Festival Season 12 in Austin, Texas, between June 1st and 4th, 2023. For more information on the festival and becoming an ATX TV member, follow us at ATX Festival or visit atxfestival.com.